0: Well, the word righteousness is a a pretty big word. Catechism has come to an end, but I I remember that when you use a word like righteousness, we all feel a little fear inside and we cringe a little. We go, what does that that mean? But righteousness is a very simple word to understand. It's not one of the, the tough ones. If you break it up, you can find the definition of this word right in the first syllable. Right. Righteousness, right. And we get the answer to a test right or correct when your answer is the same as the truth. If someone asks you what one plus one equals, you are right if you answer two because God created the world with this norm or this law of math righteousness is living in accordance to the norms or the patterns that God established in the world when the Bible talks about God being righteous it means that he acts in a way that is consistent with his own character in all truthfulness the righteousness of God is his faithfulness to who he is His faithfulness to his covenant promises both to punish the hard-hearted and rebellious as well as to bless those who love him and want to spend eternity as his subjects and children. Well in the blessed statements when our Lord Jesus says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness he is talking about human beings who are living in a way that is consistent with the way that they have been made. He is talking about humans living in a way that is according to the commandments that God has given that reveal how he made us. Loving God and loving your neighbor is what righteousness looks like. And Jesus says people are blessed when they long to live a holy and an upright life. Now Hebrews 12 verse 14, it was displayed on the wall as you were, you were coming in today. It says that holiness is necessary if we want to see the Lord. God will not permit anyone who does not love him and their neighbor to enter into the kingdom of God. There will be no hatred or rebellion in the kingdom of heaven. For God is love and Jesus Christ is a king of peace. And so Hebrews teaches us that we need to be righteous to enter into the kingdom of God. And that is why anyone who knows God also hungers and thirsts for righteousness. And then once we have been brought into God's kingdom, and John, the passage we read in John, talks about that. Once we have been brought into God's kingdom, we need to continue to want to walk with God in obedience to his commandments without any murmuring in order that we may enjoy the full benefits of having God as our Father. And That is why the citizens of God's kingdom, they continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We are poor in spirit, mourning over sinfulness in the world, and meek, and so we know that we cannot find that holiness we need to live in peace with God just in ourselves. Like a hungry or a thirsty person, Citizens of God's kingdom don't try to satisfy their, that righteousness in their own strength, but they, they realize that they are lacking something. If you have ever been hungry or thirsty, you know that that is that feeling of, of needing something. You, you realize you do not have what you need. And it comes with feelings of discomfort. Uh, even pain in, in your stomach. It comes with a, a restlessness and an and urgent searching. I need food. I need something to drink now. It, it's all-consuming desire. Living in peace with the God who saved us becomes the highest priority on the list of those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness although many people seek this peace this feeling of peace through through mystical rites or through emotional music and other means that make us feel like the spirit is talking directly to our hearts and and these are all attempts to fill that hunger that we see around us Jesus says in the Beatitudes that the only way to satiate, to satisfy that hunger and thirst, the only way to find rest for your soul, the only way to find that sense of favor with God is through righteousness. It's through holy living. It's through living according to the commandments. One author said, if this isn't, the most comforted and blessed statement you have ever heard, that it may be time to question the very foundation of your faith. In His grace, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to bring us into this righteousness and this righteous living. We see that in the second point, the citizens of God's kingdom receive righteousness. The gospel of grace and salvation that we believe and proclaim is that the Lord has imputed Christ's righteousness to us wretched sinners. It means he has taken what Christ has done, he has placed it on us so that we become righteous citizens of God's kingdom through faith in Christ. Romans 5, if you open that, Romans 5 explains that quite thoroughly. You can read it more again afterwards to get that message of that imputed righteousness. But when you get to to the end, verse 19 is very clear. It says, For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. God offers all people in the world the forgiveness of all your sins and eternal life in Jesus Christ. The gospel is that he gives you Christ's righteousness so that you may enter the kingdom of God. And then, in the kingdom, he also makes you want to live a righteous life so that you can enjoy God's kingdom. Look at Romans 5, verse 21. In Romans 5 Verse 21, the Holy Spirit announces that the grace of God reigns through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A profound statement. The grace of God reigns through righteousness leading to eternal life. God's grace is made visible through holy living. Having received God's grace, you will want to live your life according to his will. You will hunger and thirst for righteousness. God's grace does not make God's grace to us doesn't make our lives on earth easier. And forgiveness is not a license to immorality, but grace gives us the desire to walk closer with God. And Jesus teaches in the Beatitude that God blesses those who have been declared righteous through faith in Jesus Christ and now long to live a holy and righteous life. He shows his favor to those in whom the Spirit is working. If we use the theological terms, we could say that Jesus is saying, Blessed are the justified who long for further sanctification. As the damned are blessed to be declared righteous in Christ, so the saved are blessed because they are equipped to live a righteous life and enjoy God's grace. And Christ satisfies us by giving us the desire for more. Having been buried with Christ by baptism into death, we are now able to walk with our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A righteous life is also a gift of God that is received by the citizens of God's kingdom. You can see a citizen of God's kingdom by the way that he or she lives his life. Now if we compare holiness and an upright life, if we compare that to a gift from God, we could say that Jesus unwraps that gift and he holds it out before us so that we know exactly what it is that we have received from God. Sometimes we get a a present. Sometimes we are left to open it. But this present, it's like it's been opened for us, and it's held out and said, this is all that God has given to us. And we look at Jesus Christ, and we see in him what God is working in us. Do you want to know more about the righteousness that God is working in your heart and by His Holy Spirit? You you look to Jesus Christ who fulfilled all righteousness. Look at the, the portrait of Jesus Christ that is given in the Gospels when He was on the earth in His flesh. He lived in positive obedience to all the commandments of God's holy law. Look at His sensitive nature in His reaction to other people. His kindness, His compassion, even toward His enemies. That is the kind of image that we have been fashioned into when we were born again. The last verse that we read there in 1 John 2, verse 6 said, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Do you hunger and thirst for a righteousness like that in your life? Do you study the Gospels to see that work that the Spirit is doing within you? The Apostle Paul explains in Romans 8 verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. By God's grace, we can begin to become increasingly Christ-like in all of our lives. Blessed are those who long to be Christ-like, for they will be satisfied. The citizens of God's kingdom display So if we look at Romans 5, verse 21, after explaining that, that grace reigns in us through righteousness leading to eternal life, the Holy Spirit moves on in the next chapter to explain that righteousness means presenting yourself and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. It's not just talk, it's walk. The gospel is that sin has no dominion over the citizens of God's kingdom. So it is possible to follow the Spirit's instructions in Hebrews 12, verses 14 to 17. Now, the, the Hebrews 12, verse 14 was displayed on the, on the screen as, as we were preparing for worship, but that whole passage is describing how our lives are are changed when we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What we can begin to do, we can strive for peace with everyone, we can cut bitterness before it defi- defiles us and causes trouble to others. It's touching on very practical things in our lives this pursuit of holiness. We obey God's call to tell one another not to be sexually immoral or unholy like Esau. For there is no blessing with God for those who persist in such wickedness. I'm just quoting some of the things we find in Hebrews 12 there. Well, if we look at 1 John chapter 1 and 2, we see that Jesus is not saying that Christians saved by grace are perfect. But he is saying that sin has no dominion Over them. And when they fall into sin, they do not celebrate their sins, but they grieve. They hate their sins. They repent. They do everything in their power to be as holy as possible in this life. To be as holy as they possibly can in this life. As we prepare for a day of reflection on the holy supper of our Lord next Sunday we examine our hearts and we we see from the form for the celebration of Lord's supper that the condition of forgiveness is that our sins and weaknesses that remain in us are there against our will pursuing holiness any sin in our lives is against our will The words of the Apostle John that we read in chapter 1 and 2, they're words that Christians will want to reflect upon often. Make them very real in our lives. Bring them them into that home that you're sitting in right now. Think about what he says. 1 John 1 verse 5b says, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And then chapter 2, 5b and 6. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Well, when we are honest... We need to admit that a lot of people who call themselves Christians do not make holy living a priority. Even among the children of God who know better and who want to live a righteous life, you you can sometimes hear it said, well, son, well, daughter, well, friend, we don't want to be too holy. Others are only... Willing to be righteous for a part time. Maybe you know people like that. Maybe you are people like that. Some people who call themselves Christians have very little concern for the church and for the gospel. All they think about, all they talk about is is their work or their appearances or their possessions. Sometimes we hear people bragging or, or even laughing about sinful things that were done. We hear this in, in, our, in our families, in our spiritual family. Perhaps they drank too much alcohol. Perhaps they committed adultery. Perhaps they beat someone up. And sometimes we hear people gossiping about what others who have done these things. Sometimes people even stop worshiping with the family of God. They just do their own thing. Well, Such rebellion against God would be similar to a child, you as a child in your family, publicly denouncing and disowning your own family because you hate your family, because you never want to spend time with them. When we reject holiness... When we make light of righteousness, we are turning our back on God as our Father and that family. Allowing such unrighteousness in our homes and in our places of business is to commit the sin of Eli in the days of Samuel. Like Eli, we are implicated together with those we don't correct and rebuke and exhort. You see, brothers and sisters, complacency and laxity are not fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's important to know that although some people go to the church where Christ, where people go to a church and, and we often maybe even wonder why do they bother, that's not the same as being the church where Christ dwells by His Spirit, where Christ is transforming your heart. We don't point fingers at anyone but ourselves. That's why we examine ourselves. And it makes every one of us think, as I examine my heart and my life, what am I seeing there? Have I grown worldly in my attitude or my lifestyle? If so, Does that make me sad? Make me want to repent so that I may walk more closely with my father, my earthly spiritual family? That's what Christ has brought us into. It's a part of his saving work. That's why he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for this is evidence of God's grace and His Holy Spirit dwelling in your hearts, and God will satisfy your desire. But when we talk about pursuing righteousness with a holy life, when we say, well, we don't want to be too holy, it's often because we imagine that that holiness or righteousness, it just means getting your head into books and reading the Bible and and praying and praying and praying and praying and all these religious exercises. We make a separation between being holy and just living your life. And then it's hard to desire such a a life because we often imagine that religious people are are actually ignorant of the world because their their eyes are covered by scripture. They're naive, they're, they're disconnected. And we think, well, who wants that? How can we be that? It's true that those who want to live a holy life spend a lot of time in God's Word, spend a lot of time in prayer. But it's not true to conclude that therefore they are disconnected from reality. In fact, they are being made wise with divine wisdom so that they can interact with the world in which we live. How could a righteous person be disconnected from reality when his Father is the one who created it all? And when we look at the Ten Commandments, you see that they deal with questions of the world. They're following and living according to the Ten Commandments is living a down-to-earth way. It touches on all areas of life. It includes questions about your family, about parents, about government, about getting along with other people with employers and employees and relationships with people of the other sex it deals with material goods It deals with how you speak we see that hungering and thirsting for righteousness isn't go to church that's not the same message it's go to church and bring that faith into every corner of your life throughout the week the way you speak in the way that you interact with others and then you see, you, you never say, well, I've done enough. I was righteous up to here. I read already today. Now I can live any way I want. Because God brings us into his family. There's always more to discover. There's always more to enjoy in his world, in his kingdom. And God gives you an ongoing hunger and a thirst to be that righteous person. You see, when Jesus saves you from the burning car, from the eternal condemnation and punishment, he also brings you into a family, into a righteous life by his spirit and word. And in this context of God's love, believers led by the spirit constantly hunger and thirst for the greatest holiness that they can attain in this life. And you know what? It looks like living in a family assumed assuming that we are loved assured that we are loved we continue to seek to enjoy the benefits of this love by spending time together often children have special times with their dads and their moms special times of bonding sometimes families will plan outings or they'll plan Reunions because they want to live in that love that exists, that bond that exists. Churches will plan picnics and skating afternoons because we are united by true faith. We want to experience that fullness. Well, in the same way, all Christians will ensure that their free time of of every day is spent fostering that relationship with God. In all righteousness the time throughout the day we have been saved by a loving father who wants to live in a relationship with us forever we are blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness for we will be satisfied amen